Hello and welcome to Catholic Answers Live and happy Advent to you. Coming to a close now with the Advent. Uh, it's Christmas Eve Eve. That's what the way I should have probably opened is Merry Christmas Eve Eve. Uh, it's open forum today. Jimmy Aiken is here, senior apologist at Catholic Answers. Hello, senior apologist Jimmy Aiken. Hello, uh, senior radio host, Cy Kellett. I am the senior radio yeah, host we now, don't have, aren't I? You, we Notice. don't have anyone who's more senior than you. No, I'm the top dog. Radio host. I just met oldest. Oh, well. All right. <laughs> the number is 888-318-7884. Uh, Jimmy, I just have to tell you, yesterday I wore a very festive Christmas jacket, which you Did can you? see on that chair oh. there. And oh, okay. Yeah. That is pretty, pretty festive. <laughs> it got, a, it got, it, it went like viral. I've never kind of uh, uh-huh. gone quite viral before and people really um, had well, a lot of comments about you know, it. Like, maybe I should, shouldn't be in the studio if you're viral. <laughs> well, no, I, I think I'm okay, but uh-huh. I, um, I, you can't get vaccinated against that jacket though. No, that's, that's, I don't think they found a cure for that yet. But people had all kinds of nice comments on the internet. Like, did he lose a bet? And, uh, mm-hmm. But my personal favorite, I want to share. I did not lose okay. that. No. Um, th- someone just wrote, a wearer of strange things. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Very funny. And now I have... Uh, even a, since it's threads, a wearer of strange strings. A, oh, Jimmy, one of them. Uh, 888-318-7884. Now I'm wearing my Christmas lights, and they're not my Christmas lights. Carrie, the good Carrie, not the bad Carrie, uh, was... J- nice enough to give me uh-huh she appreciated appreciated the jacket i think and they're very flashy and now i got my flashy christmas Literally. lights on yes they're flashing they're flashing as we speak so, and you've got a lumberjack shirt yeah i kind of thought that was a little bit christmasy okay i mean i don't know is it christmasy i'm so, a lumberjack and i'm okay yeah we're well, going night and oh wait is that in the public domain <laughs> <laughs> All right, 888-318-7884. Call and ask anything you'd like. If you'd want, you can ask a Christmas question uh, as we uh, approach. But you should know that next week, Jimmy's going to be answering Christmas questions for hours on our air, three hours, I think, of various Christmas questions, plus some Christmas stuff on on Focus, our podcast. This week, uh, we did the focus on... Is it pagan? is, Is Christmas pagan? Turns out... Not. Yeah, and, not uh, so much. And then next week uh, is the Star of Bethlehem. Yeah, where I'm going to have what some is it? really interesting stuff on the Star of Bethlehem that people have probably never encountered before. I, I am going to say, unless you are a quite eclectic person, this is all this, this the whole second half of it's going to be new to you. It was new to me, but I also feel like I've seen the Star of Bethlehem now. Yes, I feel you like have. I have seen this. I have too. Okay. It's pretty bright. That you can get that next week, CatholicAnswersFocus.com or anywhere where you can get a good podcast or uh, even on uh, on YouTube. On the YouTube, we're there. Uh, 888-318-7884. Jimmy, in addition to being senior apologist here at Catholic Answers, of course, is the proprietor of Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World, where it's Christmas questions this week and next week, weird questions. Did I do that right? Uh, it's Yes. Yeah. Yes, you did. All right. Um, uh, should we go to the phones? We'll, we'll, oh, I got to wait for her to finish typing. Yeah. I should probably do that. That would be good. Sorry, Sarah. I didn't mean to rush you. I we, should say... We have lots of other good stuff coming up on Mysterious World, though. What do you got? Well, so in January, we have our first episode is going to be on how, whether or not demons are involved, how to evaluate whether a demon is involved. Yep. And we're going to do the Hindenburg. Uh, and was there a conspiracy or a cover-up involved in the Hindenburg disaster? Mm-hmm. Then we have a couple of episodes with one of the original government psychic spies from the Stargate program, a guy named Major Bill Ray. Oh. And he's going to be telling us about his his uh, remote viewing experiences. 
And that's fun. Yeah, including especially given some of the things he 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 said he got perceptions of. Uh, should be very interesting. Um, also, I've been working to get ahead now that we're going into the holiday season. I'm trying to get ahead on scripts, and I have scripts. Not only do we have, I'm I'm happy because at times it's been a strain to get you know scripts produ- and episodes produced in time for release. Yeah, yeah. So I like to have a bunch in the tank, and basically we've got you know through like the end of February. We've got everything through January recorded. I have scripts for everything through February wow. on the calendar. And then I have seven additional scripts in our reserve tank. You are ready to go. There's well, a lot of mysteries out there, Jenny. There are. And uh, just yesterday, I, I, uh, I, I, I wrote, uh, finished a script. Actually, it took less than a day to write, but I wrote a script on the most famous uh, unsolved murder in Norwegian history, which is also their most famous unsolved Cold War mystery. What? Was it somebody named Sven? No. Oh. Right. Uh, we don't, I took a shot. We don't know the person's name. Oh, that is a mystery. Yeah. Oh, There's one of those. In, uh, Dashiell Hammett in kind of thing. Eastdal, outside of Bergen, yeah. Norway, there was, Eastdal is a valley. It means Ice Valley yeah. in Norwegian. There was, in 1970, there was a woman found, and she had, and she was deceased, and she had obliterated every trace of her identity, and... Um, and Weird. Yeah, and then she turns up dead, and it, when they started investigating, they found that she had, like, eight different fake passports and aliases, and had been hopping all over Europe, um, switching between identities, and uh, and so she's just known today as the Eastall woman, and who oh, she, who she was and why she ended up there is uh, is a very interesting tale. And we go through the possibilities, and and I think it's easy to eliminate some of the common theories about her. Um, she definitely was not an innocent, just an ordinary traveler. And she definitely did not die of an accident. It oh. was either murder or suicide, probably murder, and probably because she was a spy. Ah, uh, for aliens or for people on Earth? For people on Earth. Okay. All right. I'm just going to see if there's got some aliens involved there. Again, 888-318-7884. It's open forum. And thanks for being with us. Let's uh, start in Cincinnati. We'll start with Ethan in Cincinnati, Ohio, watching on YouTube. Ethan, thanks for waiting. Go ahead with your question for Jimmy. Uh, yeah. Hey, Jimmy Aiken. God bless you. And Psychelic, God bless you. Also, and, I like the, I like what you're wearing, Psychelic. Looks really nice. Oh my, th- <laughs> that was Carrie who gave these to for, to me to wear. So thank Is you very much. Carrie with a C or Carrie with a K? That's Car- good Carrie. Carrie with a C. Okay. You, you, <laughs> you say that. I'm yeah. sorry, Carrie with a K. I know that you're listening, but I didn't mean to call you the bad Carrie. Carrie with a C is, uh, she runs the customer service. Carrie with a K, yeah. he's the one that writes these ads that I'm going to read shortly. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Ethan. Yeah, and my, my yeah, my question for Jimmy Aiken is is that okay, so Eastern Orthodox, sometimes they will bring up uh, uh the fact that uh 
Peter, St. Peter, founded the Church of Antioch, but then later went on to found the Church of Rome as like a kind of contention against papal supremacy. Mm -hmm. How would you argue against that? Well, the important—I mean, Peter founded—was in on the founding of a church even before Antioch, and that was Jerusalem. But uh, Peter's authority is not tied to a place. It's tied to a person, namely Peter himself. And so where Peter goes— um, at any given stage is not determinant for what happens to his authority after his time. What is determinant for that is where does he leave his successor? For example, suppose Peter had you know started in Jerusalem and then gone to Antioch and then gone to Rome, and then just before he dies, he goes back to Jerusalem and appoints his successor there in Jerusalem. Well, then Jerusalem would be the seat of the papacy. Uh, but he didn't do that. He progressed through his career. He ended up in Rome. That's where he was martyred. And that is where he left his successor. So what he did before leaving successors, and in fact, these are only, you know, three of the churches that Peter was involved in founding. But, you know, presumably like St. Paul, he was involved in founding multiple others that we simply, you know, aren't simply have not been recorded for us. So what church did Peter found is not um, is is not really the issue. Where Peter left his successor is the issue. Also, frankly, Peter really didn't found either Antioch or Rome, um, not in the proper sense. I mean, we may use that language sometimes because he was there at the foundation of them in the first generation. But um, he we know he visited Antioch. But uh, because Paul mentions that, but he visited it at a time where it had already existed. Um, we're told, in fact, that at the time the church in Antioch started, uh, Peter was in Jerusalem, and the message spread to Antioch, and it was in Antioch that uh, that the gospel was first preached to some Greeks um, outside of the Jewish Christian community. And you already had this community there, and we don't have a record of Peter going to Antioch until after the Acts 15 Council, which was called because of a controversy in the Church of Antioch. Similarly, if you look in Acts chapter 2, um, the crowd that is present on the day of Pentecost includes Jews and proselytes from Rome. And the implication that Luke would have us draw from this is that's how the Christian message first got to Rome. You had these uh, Jews and proselytes who were from Rome in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. They heard the gospel, they became Christians, and then they went back to Rome. And so the Christian community in Rome was founded in that way, not it didn't suddenly get founded when Peter arrived. So um, what churches Peter did or didn't found is not the issue. Where Peter left his successor is the issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Well, yeah. Ethan, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. You too, sir. God bless. All right. God bless. Thank you very, very much for the call. Uh, I got to read an ad written by the bad Carrie. Well, the, the Carrie with a K. Uh, and here it is. Okay. I know there are some of you out there who waited until the last minute, too busy, no time, or just didn't feel like going out. Good news, there's still time to shop and save. It's the final day of our digital mega sale. All ebooks, emags, MP3s, and digital videos, just $1, $3, or $5. Absolutely nothing over $5. What are you waiting for? 
Get on over to shop.catholic.com right now and download digital gifts for friends and family alike. And yes, I, they can even get your book in digital format. Thank you, Carrie. That's shop.catholic.com. We're here for you. Call now. Catholic Answers Live. Underwriting for Catholic Answers Live is provided by Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. On the web at realestateforlife.org. Unplanned, the true story of Abby Johnson. I would be the youngest director in Planned Parenthood history. She believed in a woman's right to choose. I've had an abortion myself, so I don't have any problem with another woman making the same decision. Until the day she saw something that changed everything. Tiny, perfect little baby. And then it was just gone. Now she's pulling back the curtain on the abortion industry. Unplanned. Available at EWTNRC.com and the EWTN app. Welcome back, Catholic Answers Live. It's Open Forum with Jimmy Aiken, both hours today on Catholic Answers Live on this Christmas Eve Eve. The number is 888-318-7884. I want to say uh, thank you to Brandon, who's running the board, and Sarah, who's running the phone, and Mary, who's uh, running the video, because uh, you're about the only people left in the building. Everybody had to go out and do their Christmas shopping and do all that. I see people. stuff. Yeah, and stuff. So thank you. They're very Uh, considerate for being here. Yeah, thank you very much. And you're you're very considerate, too, Cy Kellett. I am. Well, yeah, you've you've got those flashing lights around your neck, yes. and they are set at a frequency that they will probably not induce epileptic fits in people in the audience. You're welcome, everybody watching. Probably you're not. welcome. Yeah, probably. It's a low probability. I, I, yeah. I didn't eliminate the probability. Just well, I mean, there's it. always a probability of an epileptic fit, so you can't eliminate that. But I these will so. probably not induce them. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. Let's go to Abby, also in Ohio. We're starting off in Ohio today. Abby, hang on a second, Abby. i got to push the right button. Are you there with us, Abby? Yes. Hello, Abby. How old are you? Eleven. Well, it's very nice to speak with you on this Christmas Eve Eve. Abby, go ahead with your question for Mr. Aiken. Okay, so my question is, what would have happened if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned? Well, what we can infer from what Genesis tells us is that if they had not sinned, then they would not have been kicked out of the Garden of Eden. So they would have been able to continue to live there and have an existence that was free of the kind of problems that they would later encounter, which included having to really have a hard time gaining food, you know, because there was a curse on the ground that made it harder for Adam to get food. Eve's childbearing pains would be multiplied. So they wouldn't have had those challenges. Um, Eve wouldn't have had labors that were as painful, and Adam wouldn't have, have had to have worked hard as a farmer to be to be able to get food. They would have just been able to continue to eat from the trees of the Garden of Eden. And Um, one of those trees they would have been able to eat from was the tree of life. So they wouldn't have died. They would uh, have been immortal in a paradisical environment. Now, there are some theologians who have speculated that uh, they also had abilities that we don't have right now, or at least we don't have reliably right now. These are sometimes called the preternatural gifts. And, you know, Various theologians have said, like, maybe Adam was immune from pain or mm-hmm. had could it basically had superpowers. 
And so maybe they would have continued, if those speculations, because the Bible doesn't teach that, but if those theologians were right, then they would have presumably continued to have superpowers. Uh, In terms of what would happen with the rest of us, we're not told. A common opinion among theologians historically is that if Adam and Eve had not sinned for a certain period of time, then they would have been confirmed in goodness, and they and their descendants would not be subject to death or pain or things like that. Um, That's possible, but because the Bible doesn't tell us, it's also possible that even if Adam and Eve didn't fall into sin, maybe some of their descendants would have fallen into sin. That's something that we can speculate about and think about, but we, we couldn't say for sure. Okay, Abby? Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for the call. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. You too. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, where are we headed now? We'll go to, um, let's go to Jody in Omaha, Nebraska, listening on KBSFEWTN Radio. Uh, very happy to have you, Jody. Thank you for your call. Go ahead with, oh, man, I keep saying this, and then I go to the wrong phone. Uh, hang on, Jody. Jody, uh, go ahead with your question for Jimmy. I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Uh, what time is your show on? <laughs> I work in an assisted living, so I don't never know what phone I'm answering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you and I, we, we match up on that, Jody. Go ahead with your question for Jimmy. Okay, so I heard you speak about what you're going to talk about next week, mm-hmm. which is one of them, the viewer. Uh, uh, Jody, I'm so sorry, but it's a, you're breaking up a little bit. Just get right up to the phone, and we'll give it a try. I'm right here. Can okay, yeah, me? go ahead. Okay. Um, so you told that next, you said next week that there would be, um, I think, two interviews with the remote viewer. Oh, that's next month. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I was driving home from work, but I heard that. But I've been, um, I believe I saw a UFO uh-huh. okay, about 20 years ago, and I have been addicted to the documentaries mm-hmm. on UFOs and the scientific perspective on them and that. And sometimes it messes with my faith. You know, I'm like, okay, you know, okay, I know God made everything. Mm-hmm. But then you listen to, just like your remote viewers, you listen to them, and um, the other species came down. But that doesn't say that's not from God, right? Correct, yeah. If there are other species out there in the universe, they're part of God's creation, too, just like us. Okay. Is that what worries you, Jody? um, It worries me that I put my um, addiction to... Aliens versus God. <laughs> uh, and you want some you help? Know? You want some help about how to change that? Sure. Yeah, I do. Okay. okay. Gotcha. So I have a resource recommendation for you. Um, it's my podcast, Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, where we. Not every week, but we regularly talk about aliens and UFOs. And in every episode, each mystery we consider, we look at it both from the faith perspective and say, what would the Christian faith have to say about this? And we look at it from the reason perspective and say, what would, what would reason say about this? So we use critical thinking as well as theological spiritual discernment. 
And we apply that to every mystery we look at, including aliens and UFOs and things like that. And um, so what you get when we do that is an integrated approach used from the from a Catholic faith perspective and a reason perspective. We don't automatically dismiss or automatically believe uh, claims about aliens or UFOs, but we try to consider them thoughtfully and in light of Catholic faith. And in fact, there's a particular episode. It's episode 55. If you want to check it out, it's on aliens and religion, and it specifically deals with the whole episode, deals with what would the implications be from a faith perspective if we discovered intelligent alien life. And it doesn't interfere with the Christian faith if that were to be the case. Uh, There's... There's no problem saying, well, okay, God created other intelligent beings besides humans. In fact, we know he did that because he made the angels, all the different types of angels. They're, his, they're intelligent beings. They're not physical beings, but they're intelligent beings, and they're not humans, and he made them. So we know God not only can, but has made intelligent beings other than humans. And if he chose to make some physical ones too elsewhere in the universe, well, then they're his children also. They might be good children. They might be bad children. They might be a mix of good and bad like we are, but they would all be his children. And that's not a threat to our faith any more than it would be a threat to the faith back in, you know, Jesus' day, when they were aware of people in the old world, meaning Europe and Africa and Asia, Mm -hmm. but they weren't aware of people in the new world, in the Americas, because they didn't know about the Americas. And eventually it turned out, oh, there are other people here on Earth that we didn't know about. And when they found the new world, the Americas, in the age of discovery, and it just turned out, oh, there's more of God's children here. So it's not a big deal. It poses some interesting questions if they're very different children— but they'd still be God's children. And so I would recommend uh, that to you as a way of helping get some faith and reason perspective on this question. And an important part of that is the reason perspective, because a lot of documentaries that you'll see about aliens don't always apply critical thinking in a rigorous way. Sometimes they're really trying to simply generate wonder and think about these possibilities and wouldn't this be amazing? And they don't always take a careful look at what does the evidence really say about a particular report of a UFO or an alien abduction and look for other explanations. They kind of leap to the it's always aliens mm-hmm. interpretation. But there are cases where there are perfectly natural explanations. Sometimes what a person sees, I mean, maybe it's an alien spacecraft, but maybe it's something else. And sometimes you even have uh, you even have people who engage in hoaxes for various purposes. And in fact, coming up in February, on Mysterious World. I'm going to be having an episode devoted to a prominent figure in the UFO community who claims to be able to summon UFOs. And he has these like outdoor parties where they try to summon the UFOs and these lights in the sky show up. And this guy is hiring, has hired airplanes to drop flares in the distance to simulate UFOs. It's a hoax. 
and we're going to be exposing that hoax. So, so we don't just accept every claim. We try to look at them open-mindedly, but also apply critical thinking, both from the faith and the reason perspective. So I would check that out as a way of helping gain some perspective on these issues and integrate them together. Jody, thank you very, very much. I do indeed hope that that was uh, helpful for you. Uh, please call anytime. Uh, every single line full, so I'm going to keep moving, try to get another one in before we have to take a break. Let's go to Red Lake, Ontario. Justin in Red Lake, Ontario, Canada, watching on YouTube. You're next, Justin. Go ahead with your question for Jimmy. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, yep, yes. we can now. Okay, great. Can you speak um, directly into the phone, a... please? Yep, I'm speaking directly there now. Thank you. Um, I... I have a little bit of uh, a spiritual, I guess it's a problem, but in one way it sounds like a good thing. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering what your advice could be concerning it. Uh, basically, I already believe that the Catholic faith fulfills all of Israelite religion and Judaism. I, be, I believe it's the fulfillment of all things. I believe receiving the sacraments is the greatest thing a human being could experience, and it's just wonderful. It's life itself. I, have, I, I absolutely love it. Um, the only thing I notice, though, is there's a real sadness that comes over me because mm. while it's like, it's like I, I, I'm joyful a lot, I'm not a sad person, it's almost like I want so much more, and I know there's so much more, and it's so hard to wait in this life for more. I feel like, for example, oh, you're not allowed to have the Eucharist in your house, so you can't be with Jesus personally, like in that way. Or I know when other people receive the Eucharist, if they're sincere and they're in a state of grace, you know, in my mind, it's like they become like extensions of the sacraments, right? You can see Christ in them because of the body of Christ. But I just see so much failure with other people, too, and, and pain with that. And it just feels like, it feels like I receive all truth and beauty, but it's like I'm waiting for something better. And it just, it feels like this life's a prison while I wait for heaven. Justin, uh, we're going to uh, thank you very much for the, the question. I'm going to, uh, if, if you don't mind, if you'll hang on, I'll just put you on hold for a minute. We'll do these, this break that we have to do. We'll come back and get Jimmy's response. Open forum, Jimmy Aiken, both hours, Catholic Answers Live. Here's a question Is it really possible to be friends with someone who died 2,000 years ago? Maybe the problem is that we've grown way too comfortable with the story of Jesus. Nice man, right? Taught us to love one another, said not to judge people. We celebrate his birthday every year. It's time to put away this small, safe version of Jesus, says Cy Kellett. Nobody that bland could have transformed the world. In a teacher of strange things, Cy presents Jesus Christ undiluted by sentiment, with all his radical words, and deeds uncensored. Do you know someone, your son or daughter perhaps, or maybe your mom or dad, who needs the friendship of Jesus Christ? Do you? Order your copy of A Teacher of Strange Things by visiting shop.catholic.com today or asking for it at a good Catholic bookstore near you. Have you enrolled in the Catholic Answers School of Apologetics? Let me ask you a more important question. Do you believe as a Catholic that you have an obligation to share the Catholic faith? In fact, the Church has answered this question, and the answer is that all confirmed Catholics are obliged to share the faith. It's actually in canon law. Catholic Answers is here to help you fulfill that obligation. 
Our School of Apologetics courses will equip you to help all the people you come in contact with understand what the church teaches and why. A great place to start is with all the Catholics in your life. Learn the art of apologetics from the best of the best and start sharing the gospel today. Visit schoolofapologetics.com. That's schoolofapologetics.com. Did you know you can access Catholic Answers Live right from your phone or other mobile device? Download the Catholic Answers Live app today. The Catholic Answers Live app, available now on iOS and Android. Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. On Christmas Eve, Eve, so glad to be with you. Thanks for being with us uh, here on Catholic Answers Live. Uh, it's open forum. Jimmy Aiken's our guest. We've got lots and lots of questions. Let me see if there's any lines open. There might be a no, and every line full. So soon you can call 888-318-7884. We're talking right now with Justin in Red Lake, Ontario, Canada. Uh, Justin, you're still there with us? Yeah, I'm still with you guys. All right. Uh, Jimmy? So um, if I understand the dilemma that you're dealing with, Justin, I, I certainly sympathize. Now, it's good that you recognize all the things you do that are, you know, about the Catholic faith and about heaven and, and how things will be better in the next life than they are here. So there's a big upgrade in the offing. Um, but God's release schedule is for that upgrade is, you know, not always what we might individually prefer. And it's also true that there is a lot of failure in this life and, uh, you know, people have flaws and things like that. And it's natural from time to time for that to kind of sink in. So if it's just an occasional thing where you, you know, find yourself kind of contemplating the the dark side of things in this life, you know, the fail, the human failure and corruption and, and things like that. Well, that's not actually bad um, because that is a side of, of this life. And it's important to be aware of that and not to gloss it over. It's also important to uh, to keep your focus on God and and, you know, be aware of the great things that he has in store for us. That's another set of truths that need to be appreciated. And the real question is finding a balance between those. Um, and not everybody is going to have the same balance point because different people have different spiritualities, they have different personalities, they have different inclinations. And uh, some people have a more optimistic disposition. They're going to tend to focus on the positive. Other people, you know, like maybe someone who felt called to a penitential type of life might focus more on 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 some of the negative things and both because they're both aspects of of the truth they both deserve attention and we're not all meant to have the same identical ratio of what we focus on so it's okay to have you know uh, awareness of these things and to uh, you know feel a little down from time to time about them if it becomes a problem if, for example, um, you find yourself experiencing intense feelings that are negative, like depression or frustration or things like that, then, um, then there are things that can be done. Um, 
another, and I'm going to use a fancy word here, but I'll explain it. There's another term, which is anhedonia. Anhedonia is the state of feeling like you can't derive pleasure from something. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, I just, I can't find anything fun to do. Yeah. Or I just can't seem to get satisfied. I can't get no satisfaction. That's anhedonia. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and, you know, People, because we're emotionally complex creatures, we go through phases where we have, you know, these different emotions, and that's in and in and of itself, it's fine. When it starts to become a problem, then there are things that can be done to address it. Um, if it's not now, obviously, it's possible to like go get psychological help for these things, um, and sometimes that's necessary, uh, you, you know, for religious people too to go get some counseling and maybe even medication, depending on the nature of the situation. But sh And so I, if it becomes a real problem that's interfering with your life, I would encourage you to explore that as a possibility. If it's not that sincere, then I would suggest um, focusing one's attention in a way that is different than what you're currently doing and that could help you get to a more balanced point um, without, you know, having to go to psychological counseling. Um, for example, um, I've, some friends of mine have, uh, ha have a, a number of children, but when their eldest daughter was very small, you know, they had to tell her things like, well, you can't do this right now. Mm -hmm. And as a small child, she would have... Um, she would have a hard time if she's just told, well, you can't do this, mm -hmm. you know, or you can't do this till you're older mm -hmm. or something like that. And it seemed to her like there was this just wall coming down. And mm -hmm. so what they did was provide her alternatives. And they would say, well, look, you can't do this or you can't do that till you're older, but you can do this right now. Yeah. And so if I would say, uh, Justin, if you are thinking about, oh, it's going to be great in the next life, but why do we have to deal with all this junk now? Yeah. Well, then focus on the good things that you can't do now. There are opportunities to serve other people. There are opportunities to do something creative. I mean, an art project, even if no one sees it, even if it's just for you and for God, mm -hmm. it's a it's an exercise of the creative the creativity that the Creator built into human nature, and that of itself pleases God. So you can admire the creative works of others, whether it's music or drama or fiction, or you could do something creative yourself, or you could do something for other people. You could go volunteer, you know, at some volunteer facility where you can actually concretely help people. So I would say if it's, if it's just, you know, to the extent it becomes a problem, I would start with uh, simple remedies like saying, how can I Find something positive and constructive to do, which will, you know, actually improve things for me and for others in the here and now. And that's going to have echoes in eternity as well, because if you do stuff to glorify God and help other people in this life, well, then you're going to get a bigger reward in heaven. So it's kind of a it's kind of a double win. And, you know, but also be aware, you know, of your own emotional state and your conditions. And if you, uh, if you think you could benefit from some informal counseling, you might talk to a, 
Uh, you might talk to a priest or a counselor or, uh, you know, if you if it did turn into something serious, like a serious case of depression or anger and frustration, by all means, get the get the help that's available out there professionally because it is available and you don't have to experience that all the time. Justin, I'm going to say thanks. Uh, these lines have just stayed so full, but thank you so much for the call. I do indeed hope that was helpful. And uh, I'm going to go now well, right here in California. Cole's here in California listening on the Catholic Answers app. Cole, thank you for downloading the app onto your phone. Go ahead with your question for Jimmy. Hi. Um, I want to try to bring my mother to the church mm-hmm. as she's a Christian, mm-hmm. but she, she's really she's really undeveloped in her understanding of the faith. She doesn't really read the Bible. Uh, she grew up grew up Mormon, so she's she mm-hmm. only has the KGB Mormon, so harder to read. But I bought her a new one for Christmas, so maybe oh. that'll help her. Yeah. But um, yeah, she doesn't understand doctrines really, like the Trinity. Although she does believe the Spirit and Christ are God, but she doesn't have like the full mm-hmm. a, a full complex understanding really. Um, and I. I just want to know, how could I lead her to the church if I can't give standard arguments like give her verses or church fathers or any other theological idea? What's a good way to explain this to someone to help them come closer to it without that? Okay, well, um, something you might consider is um, if she's not a big reader— and if, you know, uh, if, if, I mean, we always have resources at catholic.com that are there online for you for free that you can look at. And, you know, you can go to catholic.com, type in a particular thing like the Trinity or how to explain the Trinity, and you'll find resources there um, that can help you out with particular things. But as a general thing, if you're, if you're, if you have someone who's not a big reader, and you're hoping to, you know, uh, give them a persuasive reason to look at the Catholic Church. Well, one thing you might do is uh, is engage them through video. Uh, f- uh, now, Bishop Robert Barron yeah, yeah. has a famous set of very beautiful videos uh, on Catholicism, and they're they're visually very appealing. They're uh, they're, they have a very high reputation for being emotionally engaging. And maybe maybe get that set of uh, DVDs and uh, watch them with your mom or something. What do you think, uh, Cole? Uh, I could try that. I actually do have those DVDs, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking of giving them to her, too. Um, but I have to go grab them from my dorm sometime. But, um, but uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't really say it's that she's not into reading. It's more of that she won't take the time to read it really mm-hmm. that's the bigger issue that like so, like the trinity for example to explain that to her it, you you could just find it or like read it in the bible and stuff but then most people will come to a not full i don't want to say not full understanding but they won't have terms like essence and persons and stuff that mm-hmm. that's more developed and understood. So, well, I, I have a really, and I'm sure we have videos on this, but I can do it very briefly. Um, you don't have so the the essence of the Trinity is that there is one God who is three persons, and the to understand what God is, well, He's the supreme being. And the question that people have in their minds... Now, there are various Bible verses that show the Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are three different persons, but there's only one God. And typically, the, the snag point... I mean, because you can, you can show those verses, and you can find them on Catholic.com, 
But the conceptual snag that people hit with the Trinity is how can there be a single being that is three persons? Mm -hmm. And that's an understandable uh, thing to ask because we don't encounter here in this life beings that are more than one person. And so our, our brains, which are designed for this life, aren't set up to grasp the full reality of God. But we can show that there's not a logical contradiction here, that, that this actually makes sense. Because even though we don't in this life encounter beings that are more than one person, we do encounter beings that are one person, like me. I'm a being. I exist. That's what a being is, something that exists, something that bees. Um, Psychelet is a being, and he's also a person. So I, as a being, am one person. Psychelet, as a being, is one person. But then we also encounter other beings that are not persons. This computer in front of me or this microphone in front of me, well, they exist, they be, so they're beings, but the computer is not a person and the microphone is not a person. So we see that there's a difference between being and person. Some beings, like a microphone or a computer, are less than one person. Some beings, like me or Psychelet, are exactly one person. And therefore, conceptually, there's no problem with saying, well, if some beings are less than one person and some beings are exactly one person, then some beings can be more than one person. And that's what God is. And so once we realize that there's not a logic problem here, this is just part of the mystery of God that exceeds what's easy for us to imagine, we then can say, well, let's look at the Bible, and are there these verses? And yeah, there are. There are a handful of them. It's not that many um, that you need to see in order to be able to show the different parts of this. And we have, because the Bible is God's Word, we have God's Word on this. There's one God, He's three persons, and it, it's actually, even though it's difficult for our puny human minds to imagine in this life because we haven't seen God yet, it is something that uh, he tells us is true and that we can see there's not a logical problem with. So um, th there's a very brief explanation of the Trinity and the key thing that people wonder about it. I would suggest, uh, you know, look up, there's just, like I said, just a handful of verses you need to look at. You can find them at catholic.com if you type in Trinity, and maybe you can show your mom just a couple little minutes of my explanation there. Cole, got to say thank you because we got to take a break. We'll be right back with more Open Forum with Jimmy Aiken right after this. Hello, this is Archbishop Salvatore Cordiglione of San Francisco. Keep your dial tuned to Catholic Answers Live. He is only one of four popes honored as the great. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Leo I was pope at a time when Roman civilization was being overrun by barbarian armies. He stood as a light in the darkness and even saved the city of Rome from destruction by Attila and the Huns. Leo died in 461. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. You've heard that St. Paul Street Evangelization supports hundreds of teams of evangelists sharing the good news. But did you know that some of these teams are public prayer stations? Set up a sign on the sidewalk and offer prayer and encouragement to those you encounter. Everyone needs prayer. Try this new method of witnessing to Jesus. Contact St. Paul Street Evangelization to get started 
at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. Carrie with a K told me I had to give the uh, sports report today on the show. So here's the sports report. Catholic Answers has a softball team. Uh, they played a full season. They played in the championship game and came up just short. And this is what Todd Aglialaro says. My heart. He's the the uh, director of publishing here at Catholic Answers, and he was also the coach. Let, let, me, let me guess what he says. Yeah. So he says, um, we will return next season <laughs> and smash our enemies Huh? And sow the ground with salt in their wake. It's, it's in that maybe the, uh-huh. the other than the spirit and the words of it. Uh-huh. I think you're right on. So okay, so okay. it's very close. It's very just close. The just, spirit is different, and, and the, the words, words are, are different. different. Yeah, okay. those, just those two things. This is what Todd Aglialaro said about our Catholic Answers softball team. My heart swells with pride when I think about how our ragtag bunch not only held its own against, but so nearly triumphed. Over this collection of ringers that treat Santee softball like their personal stomping ground. And maybe, just maybe, our witness of prayer and camaraderie will have been an instrument in leading some of those opponents closer to Christ. Whenever we take the field again, let's remember how far we've come and endeavor to take our play to new heights. Viva Cristo Rey. That's because they're called so um, the Cristeros. Cristeros. So he, he used his inside voice for the part about <laughs> smashing voice. our inter- enemies <laughs> and right. sowing the ground with salt and yes. eating their hearts. He, yes. Yeah. He kept the quiet part quiet. Okay. And he said the out loud part out loud. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Love those Cristeros. Uh, Sam, oh, right here in Vista, California. I was just in your town the other day. It's so nice and Christmassy on the weekends there, uh, Sam. Listening on 1450 AM. Uh, one of our favorite stations because it's EWTN right in our hometown. We're so glad to have it. Uh, John Paul the Great Catholic Radio. Sam, I said all that stuff. Go ahead with your question for uh, Jimmy. Yeah. Hey, uh, before my question, I want to mention aside. Uh, I met your father in 1983 when we joined St. Patrick's Church in Carlsbad. Uh-huh. We had small faith group, and we met at your house. Now I don't know how old you were in 1983. But uh, we met at your house. I'll never forget that. Uh, I remember when they did that. Yeah, there was this. There was a whole thing that went across the country, and they were having small faith communities in homes at the time. And my parents hosted it. And I actually was in Boston uh, that year. But uh, but yes, that's. I, I'm I'm glad you brought up my my parents, who are both still alive and doing well. Yeah, I've known your father ever since. In fact, he even bought a car for me when I was in Car Country Carlsbad. There. So anyway, he bought a Cadillac. So anyway, anyway, uh, so, uh, my question is this: I have a very good friend of mine. Excuse my voice. That's a Coptic Christian up in the Los Angeles area. He's a deacon in the church. I visited him uh, a couple of times and, and attended his father's funeral at the Coptic Church. And uh, I just love the icons in the Eastern Eastern churches. Sam, I want to make sure I have anyway, time to answer your question thoroughly. What's the question? Thank you. But the question is this. He told me that when uh, when Joseph took Mary and Jesus to Egypt, Mm -hmm. because he's Egyptian, when they went to Egypt, they were there for three years. So my question is this. If that is the case, they were there for three years, how was baby Jesus presented in the temple? So so I'll recommend, I'll give you the answer, but I'll also recommend a resource where you can get more detail. Um, If you, if you, uh, Google 
how the accounts of Jesus' childhood fit together and Jimmy Aiken, my name, or if you just put in Jimmy Aiken, Jesus' childhood, you'll come across an article where I show how the infancy gospels, uh, the infancy narratives in Matthew and Luke's gospel interlock, how they fit together so you can see the exact sequence of events. The answer is, well, if they stayed for three years in Egypt, that wouldn't be any kind of problem because the presentation in the temple happened before they ever left for Egypt. Uh, the presentation in the temple happened only a few weeks after Jesus was born, as Luke tells us. But as Matthew tells us, the uh, Magi arrived between one and two years later. And so this was not just a matter of weeks. It was a, a year or more, potentially. It was definitely a matter of months before uh, the, um, the Magi arrived and before the slaughter of the innocents happened. And so they didn't flee to Egypt until after Jesus had already been presented. So from that perspective, it wouldn't matter how, how long they remained in Egypt because the presentation had already been done. Uh, now, I should say, I don't personally think, th there may be a Coptic idea that that they were there for three years. I don't think there's good historical evidence for that. I think the evidence is that the stay in Egypt was much briefer than that. But it's not a matter of faith, and people can have different opinions depending on how they see the evidence. Uh, Sam, that all makes sense to you? It, it sure does. That sure and I'll make sure I check that reference out, uh, Jimmy. Thank you very much. Very no good. Well, th thank you very much, Sam. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. You, you as well. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, this is such a cool little town. Uh, let's go to uh, Michael in Derby, New York, listening on the Amazon. <laughs> you can say Alexa, and it won't cause them all to trigger. I think if you say Alexa, all the Alexas turn on. No, they, 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 they're pretty good about that. They, really? they learn to recognize their owner's voices, for one thing. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. Um, all right. Michael in uh, Derby, New York, listening on the Amazon. Alexa, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> now, if you <laughs> emphasize it, it what? may affect that. Oh, well, now you're changing the terms of this deal. Go ahead with your question. Well, you... gentlemen, first, uh, I, I have to say, I appreciate your engagement at an intellectual level with all of your callers tonight. Well, thank you, Michael. Uh, very great to hear that. Um, so my question is this, um, and if this is a bit verbose, I apologize. Um, <clears throat> I grew up uh, as a Catholic. Um, really, by the time I was six years of age, I became an atheist. <laughs> Um, even though I went through First Communion. Um, but after that point, I was very uh, adamant in my non-belief. Michael, um, uh, just so you're aware, we're coming up on the hard break at the oh, end of the show, and I want to be able to give you a full answer. I understand you've had a, a religious journey in your life, like lots of people have. How can I help you at this moment in your journey? Sure. So to fast forward uh, five years ago, I really believe that there was a God based on reading history and uh, mm -hmm. talked to some Protestant friends about that. And, uh, you know, they've given me conflicting answers, which is where my problem lies. Um, and then came across the writings of uh, John Henry Newman while doing my Ph.D. research, um, and specifically his difficulties of Anglicans. Um, so really, uh, 
based on that, I reject Protestantism and um, just want to know, where do I go from here? Uh, I have tried to reach out. Uh, just to backtrack a bit, I, I see an issue of authority with Protestantism. Uh, okay, Michael, that. let me ask you a question because we're really coming up on this break. So are you at a point where you would like to re-engage your Catholic faith, or are you still in a discernment process in that regard? Um, I've rejected pretty much everything else based on the issue of authority or internal inconsistencies. So, so my question is, mm -hmm. where do I go from here? <laughs> well, if you're ready to re-engage with your Catholic faith, it's fairly simple. Since you were raised Catholic, you were baptized Catholic, and all you need to do to begin uh, resuming active life as a Catholic is go to confession. Um, now, it's been a long time since you've been to confession, so, you know, you probably um, will need a bit of a longer confession than, uh, than what may be normal, and so uh, I would make an appointment with a priest in your local parish and say, I, I've been away for many years, I want to come in, um, and then you do an examination of conscience before the confession, you figure out what you need to confess, um, which is only the mortal sins— that you definitely committed. Um, you, you don't have to worry about other kinds of sins, only the mortal ones. You don't have to give lots of detail, um, but just say, here's what I did. And, you know, we probably may not know exact numbers, uh, but to say, well, this I did a lot, or I did this, you know, a few times or something, and, um, and make your confession. And then you're able to resume life as an active Catholic. Now, even now, even before going to confession, you can do things like you can start going to your going to mass. You can, uh, you know, cross yourself. You can say prayers. You can use holy water. You can do all those things. But in order to receive the sacraments, what you want to do is go to confession, and then you can begin receiving the sacraments again. Um, if you have not been confirmed then you're going to want to see about that. Um, also, there may be, if, you, if you're married, there may be uh, some issues uh, that you need to iron out with regard to your marriage, but the priest can help you with all that. The key step for you would just be to start going to, con just go to confession and explain the situation, get absolution, and take it from there. But that would be the key step for someone in your position if you're ready to re-engage with your Catholic faith. Uh, and Michael, it does sound like the intellectual life is very important to you. I'd, I'd like to send you a, a couple of gifts as as you come back uh, to the church. Jimmy has a beautiful book called uh, "The Words of Eternal Life." I'd like to send you that. And I have a feeling the drama of salvation. Another of Jimmy's books would be one that you would uh, take an interest in. So if you just hang on, we'll get your information and we'll send those to you. Uh, and God bless you and welcome home and Merry Christmas. Uh, we'll be right back. After this, with more Open open Forum with Jimmy Aiken, our guest, senior apologist here at Catholic Answers and proprietor of Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World, you're welcome to call 888-318-7884. And if you're on the line now, hang on that line. We'll be right back to take your call right after this. 